Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's revisit one of our top stories uh, from earlier today. You may recall that the federal government abruptly postponing an announcement a few weeks ago in regards to uh, tens of millions of dollars in housing funding uh, for Burnaby in Surrey. They were concerned about development cost fees. Um, You also uh, probably heard from many people saying that they're going to be increased in a significant way uh, by 2027. Now, uh, Metro Vancouver says they're doing this because they want to take the burden off everyday people uh, when it comes to property taxes in the region uh, and they want developers to cover some of those costs. Uh, Mayor uh, George Harvey uh, has said that, look, um, from Delta, has said that, look, uh, there's almost $11.5 billion of infrastructure spending for this region, wastewater treatment plants, sewer, all of that, and somebody has to pay for that. And they were going to do that through the DCCs. Well, yesterday, during a question period, BC United leader Kevin Falcon committed to scrapping Metro Vancouver's recent tripling of building fees, and he joins us. Now, Kevin, thank you for speaking to us today. And thanks very much for having me, Jazz. It's a really important subject. It is, and I know uh, you worked for many years uh, in the uh, in the construction housing sector, and you know the file well. So walk me through why you think this the DCCs should be scrapped. Well, first of all, I keep trying to uh, make this government understand that when you add cost to housing, It makes housing more expensive. If you want more affordable housing, you have to make housing less expensive. The cost that they're adding would add about $24,000 to every new home built and about $14,000 to every new apartment built. That cost is not paid for by developers, just so everyone knows. Developers pass that all along, and that gets paid for the people that are buying these units. And so what we have to understand is that at a time when we've already got over 25% of the cost of every new home being built, being government fees, taxes, regulations, delays, etc. We cannot afford to be layering on more costs. And I know it's not a message that some in government like to hear, but damn it, we're not going to get the lower housing costs if we keep adding costs. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me. I've been in the business. I understand the business. We've got a bunch of people in government that frankly haven't spent five minutes in the private sector, and they don't know what they're doing. And it just frustrates me. And I said to the Premier... Don't approve the cost. I think Metro Vancouver needs to look at their own spending. Mm-hmm. We've got a, the North Shore waste treatment plant's gone from a billion dollars to a reputedly close to $5 billion in cost overruns. That in itself suggests the problem we're facing. They've got to get their own house in order before they start hitting up new home buyers again with these significant cost increases. Mm-hmm. Now, those wastewater treatment plants and, and sewage costs, all of those things, those costs aren't going to go in. Uh, what's wrong with local politicians wanting to reduce the rate of property tax increases on individual homeowners and saying, look, maybe developers should be covering those costs? What do you say to that argument? That, look, this is ultimately, well, you know, there's a greater good they're arguing that we want to reduce the rate of property tax increases for individuals. 
Sure. So first of all, everyone's got to do their bit, right? So yep. that means that local government leaders have to do their bit. They have, you know, we can't just keep operating in an atmosphere where we just keep raising everyone's property taxes, eight, nine, ten percent. We keep adding on costs. We don't do anything to look at our own administrative or bureaucratic costs. We we all have to do our bit. Now, I, I in in defense of the mayors, because there's a lot of good mayors and councillors up there that totally get this. And what I have said is what BC United would do as a government. We would look at fronting a lot of those costs, a lot of the big infrastructure costs when you want to build more housing, for example, the sewer, the water, the pipes, the pump stations, et cetera, hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. And developers, even the biggest developers, you know, struggle to come up with the kind of dollars to pay for that upfront. We confront those costs as a province. We can get that back with interest through latecomer agreements where developers come in, they build, and then they pay their share of the uh, the costs that have been, you know, upfronted by by the provincial government, that would help alleviate the burden on on the local uh, taxpayer base. There's lots of ways that we can do this, but we cannot just keep hammering uh, new costs onto housing and then at the same time be complaining about the cost of housing being unaffordable. Mm-hmm. Look, we've got, I think it's, it's worth saying, Jeff, after six years of this government, we've ended up with the most unaffordable housing prices in North America, third highest on the planet. And we've got the highest average rents in Canada. What they're doing is not working, and we have to do things differently. But do you think, I mean, the same accusation could have been made against the B.C. Liberal government prior to 2017 in regards to rents, in regards to costs of housing. Uh, Isn't this really a case of, you know, the federal government getting out of the the, uh, subsidizing rental being built? That generally governments, all three levels, whether it be stifling uh, uh, construction at the municipal level, perhaps even the provincial level in regards to funding some of the affordable housing, and even the federal government in regards to rental housing, that we have been collectively as a society, all levels of government, sleepwalking to this housing crisis. And whether it's BC Liberals, BC United, or the NDP locally here, that it's going to take probably a generation to move towards the right direction in regards to righting this generational wrong. Well, first of all, you know, just so you know, when I was in the private sector, we were selling homes when the NDP got elected mm-hmm. in Surrey in the Fleetwood neighborhood for $450,000. These would be two-bedroom, two-bathroom, double-car garage townhomes. Um, we were selling um, high-rise condos in Surrey, studios for two, starting at $249,000, one bedrooms at $299,000. Like, that is actually pretty affordable. And the, the problem is now, after six years of a government that didn't focus at all on supply and spent all their time blaming, you know, at first it was foreign Chinese buyers, and then they said it was developers, and then they added a whole bunch of taxes onto housing, saying that's how they were going to make housing more affordable. The bottom line is they didn't do what they should have been doing, which is, first of all, working with the federal government to make sure they're playing a role for sure, especially helping fund the infrastructure we're going to need, the schools, the hospitals, the roads, the pipe and sewer infrastructure, etc. But then also making sure we're getting supply into the market. Only now are they talking about trying to deal with that. Well, they're they're in the seventh year of their government. It's awfully late to suddenly be coming to the table and saying, gee, maybe we should do something about housing supply. So I do have to tell you, yes, there's lots of blame to go around. But, you know, housing was never a huge, like when I left in 2012, 2013, housing was very affordable in British Columbia. It's become very unaffordable because we've had a province not dealing with supply. We've got a federal government that's sending a couple of hundred thousand immigrants into British Columbia every year without any... You know, frankly, without any plan mm-hmm. coordinating with the provincial government to deal with those impacts. 
And I think that's the problem we now find ourselves in. Now, Metro Vancouver Board Chair uh, George Harvey, also the mayor of Delta, was on this program um, uh, defending DCCs at 4 o'clock. I want you to just listen to some of his comments here. Take a listen. Jazz, our region is expected to grow by over 1 million people over the next 30 years. Metro Vancouver requires $11.5 billion in growth-related water and liquid waste infrastructure to ensure current and future residents of Metro Vancouver can flush their toilets, take a shower, and have drinking water. Jazz, the question is, who is going to pay for a much-needed infrastructure growth? Developers or you and I as a taxpayer? If senior governments want Metro Vancouver to provide more housing, this regional infrastructure must be built. There is a fundamental principle that growth pays for growth, and right now that is not happening. Taxpayers are being expected to subsidize for-profit developers. In my opinion, that is wrong. So, uh, Mr. Falcon, in regards to what George Harvey said there, you're just basically saying this infrastructure spend, the $11.5 billion, that senior levels of government, whether it be provincial or federal, can can carry those costs or in some sort of fund some of it, and then you can extract it from developers as as you need moving forward rather than hitting them right up front all the time. That's right. And and the other thing I would say, because George is right, yes, of course, there has to be infrastructure built, for sure. I just don't have the confidence that Metro Vancouver is doing it in a way that is serving the taxpayer as well. Um, you know, again, I point back to the uh, the North Shore water, wastewater treatment plant that they were building. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of change orders brought in midway, lots of changes being made, lots of interference. Now you've got the contractor suing uh, you know, uh, Metro Vancouver, you've got costs that have reputedly gone from, you know, a billion dollars to almost $5 billion. Um, that is going to be a massive impact on taxpayers. And I'm just really, really very concerned that when we talk about housing affordability, all of us have to look in the mirror. Federal government, provincial government, local government, regional government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly, when the federal government said finally, finally did something that might actually help, they said, we'll take GST off of rental accommodation being built, rental housing. That was actually the first positive step I've seen that actually will actually make a material benefit. But then in the same breath, the next day, you've got the regional government, Metro Van, coming out and saying, we're going to add these huge costs onto housing, which is going to be about 24000 for you know every new home and 14000 for every new apartment. And just again, I want to say this, Chad, do you kid yourself that developers pay for it? Developers collect that, they're going to pay for it, and they pass it all along through to the buyers. You know, everyone needs to understand this. Developers are going to take whatever costs you layer on them and pass them along. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all going to be paid for by the end users. So we all have to do our bit. And, I mean, there's, there's certain truth there. I mean, some of these big projects, whether it's a billion or $5 billion for, for the water treatment plant there in, in, on the North Shore or others that will be needed with another million people moving here, you almost think some of these deep infrastructure projects should be treated like a SkyTrain being built, which is if you expect the feds to come in and put some dollars, the provincial government puts in some dollars, and maybe a third of it is covered by local taxpayers. There is something to be said for these giant infrastructure projects that are that are at least shared. The costs are shared among three levels of government. One level of government, particularly in the municipal side or even the regional side, saying that they're going to do it through DCC seems you know kind of absurd in the sense that that's a lot to take on for the region. There's no question. And I also think how we procure those projects. I mean, we just have to get competent people overseeing large-scale projects like that. We cannot have a situation where projects are, are going over budget by four or 500%. It's just, you know, that is atrocious. Now, we've gotten used to that, unfortunately, with this provincial government, because every virtually every capital project they're involved with is wildly over budget or delayed. And it, but it's frustrating, and the public needs to understand this is their tax dollars. And there's only one taxpayer. 
and the taxpayers getting tired of paying it through the nose to the federal government, the provincial government, regional government, local government. We all have to do our bit, the lower cost for families. This is something that, frankly, I think all politicians deserve a kick in the rear, you know, because we're not doing enough to help provide relief for families. Yeah, I, I was just joking with a friend as an aside in regards to just large infrastructure pro- projects, especially public infrastructure projects, whether it's Site C, which I think could be, by the time it's done, I'm going to assume it's going to be $25 billion, uh, significantly more than what was expected. The water treatment plant you're talking about as well. Like, I, I, I can't remember the last time We've had a good firing, Kevin. You know what I mean in regards to the, whoever true. runs these projects. No one gets fired. Like someone says, we're we've it's a hundred percent, two hundred percent over over what was budgeted. No one gets fired. That's what I, in the old days they used to get fired. People used to be held accountable. I oversaw fourteen billion dollars of infrastructure, including the Canada Line, which, by the way, was open ahead of schedule and on budget. The Portman Bridge, Sea to Sky Highway, um, all kinds of projects. Pitt River Bridge. These were all projects that, were, for the most part, were on schedule, on budget. We've now got a situation where virtually every single project, they even do stupid things like cancel a Massey Bridge with $100 million already invested in the NDP, canceled that project, 10-lane bridge that would have been open two summers ago. And now we, we, we're paying the price, and they're going to do this stupid tunnel idea that will cost billions more and take years later. We, we just have to stop this kind of madness. At some point, I really believe, the taxpayers are going to look around and say, we are not being served well. We've got to get people in the government that know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm just, you know, you can sense my frustration. I, As a business person, I just see this stuff happening, and it just drives me nuts. Kevin, thanks for your time today. really appreciate it. No problem, Jazz. Great to be on.